So if you would, turn to Luke chapter 5. I not only get the blessing of presenting the ministry today, but also preaching to you. So Luke chapter 5. Pastor, you know, I know, you know there's different customs and everything, and a gentleman came up to me and he goes, are you, are you preaching in the next service? I said, will that determine if you stay or not? <laughs> so I'm sorry for lying to him. You'll have to forgive me. I have a medical condition that if I don't drink every so often, I get thirsty. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is great. Is that okay? It won't break? All right. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. Father, just thank you for this opportunity to be here with Sunshine uh, Baptist Church. Just bless them as uh, they get uh, ready to start uh, their missions conference kind of today and then really focusing on missions next week. And we just ask that uh, you would give them wisdom uh, for all these endeavors. Lord, and especially this core project, uh, what a blessing to see them uh, not just, you know, sitting around waiting for the rapture, but God being very active and reaching out and and trying to connect with people in their community and win them to Christ. What a blessing that is. Give them wisdom as they do that in all that, uh, the decisions and things that have to be made. So we thank you again for your word. We ask not only that you would bless not only the reading of it, but mostly, Father, the application of it in our hearts. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. As Pastor said in the Sunday school, you have all representing the lost that you need to reach. And you have all over here for what we have to give to get that done. We really do have to just give of ourselves. And even as Paul said to the Corinthians, not as though he had first hoped, you know, Paul was trying to raise money for ministry, but he said, but they gave of themselves. And that's really where mission starts. And sometimes we use titles within the church that um, kind of discourage some people from getting involved with certain activities. Oh, Someone's in the hospital, the staff or the deacon should go visit them. Someone needs a meal, they ought to organize something to do that, you know. And sometimes when it comes to missions, we think that missions is for missionaries. The only thing with the missionary is that they're already doing the work of the Lord and God just changes their address. After 24 and a half years of being a pastor, God just kind of changed our focus and our vocation, but we were doing the ministry before. And sometimes that's more dangerous than reaching for your wallet and putting some money in. But really, a missions conference is designed to get our hearts, 
to have our hearts just be in tune with God's. The greatest missionary ever gave his very best and sent his son, Jesus Christ, down here. So missions is for everyone. It's, it's not just for a certain group of people. So what we want to do is look at this passage here and see how Jesus worked to make his followers fishers of men. First of all, let's take a look at the cause that implored him. Why was Christ there? When you think about uh, Jesus Christ's life, he lived 30, 33 and a half years, yet there's supposedly only 51 days of his life is recorded in Scripture. So that would lead me to believe anything that was recorded that Jesus did is not just important because of Jesus, but it's very important because God chose that story to put in his word for our edification and for our benefit. So let's take a look here. We see the cause that implored him. Why was Christ there? Look at verse 1. Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, what church? To hear the word of God. The first reason that they were there was to hear the word of God. Have you ever noticed that everywhere Jesus went, he was in the house? He was in the house. Now listen, sorry guys, I'm not Johnny Cash, okay? Uh, I just, I look thinner this way. That's why I wear it, okay? But all of a sudden, is Johnny in the house? Is Elvis in the house? Well, anytime Jesus was in the house, people showed up. And that's really how it behooves us to live like Christ because then people will show up. Romans 10, 13 is the verse we love, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Church shall be saved. But verse 14 has a little bit of responsibility given to us. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And then finally, how shall they hear without a preacher? See, well, I'm not a preacher. No, no, you don't understand. Everyone's a preacher. You're preaching something with your life. I'm preaching something with my life, sometimes with words, sometimes with actions. But we are all preachers. We are all missionaries. So the first reason they were there was to hear the word of God, and then secondly, to see the Son of God. It's very interesting, as Jan said in our Sunday school, people have found it just remarkable how the athletes have responded just to the love of Christ. They have an image of being ungrateful and, you know, and pandered to and all of that. And that may be true in some cases, you know, but we found is they really do respond to the love of Christ. Just like the Greeks in John chapter 12, you know, they heard about this Jesus, they're trying to figure this guy out, so they sneak up to Philip and they say, Philip, we would see Jesus. You know what you'll find by those ball fields out there? you'll break down that barrier with some people that have preconceived notions about church and a Baptist church, and they'll come, and their kids or their grandkids will have a good time learning a sport and getting loved on, and somebody's going to say, I want to see Jesus. I want to know more. Why would a church do that for me and my children? I want to know about your God. I want to know why God would compel you to do that for me who was not part of your church. And see, they were there to hear the word of God. They were here, they were there to see the Son of God. Now, if you think about the setting here, they're on the shore. And uh, if a bunch of guys my height and Rick's height and a few others, tall ones, were sitting in the front, I feel sorry when people sit behind me and they can't see the screen. You know, it looks like a lunar eclipse. And uh, 
So it gets hard to see. So think about Jesus is standing on the shore. Everybody wants front row. No, no Baptist. Everybody wanted front row. They're all pressing down on him. They want to see him. And you can't. There's people in your way. So we've got to find a way so people can see Jesus more clearly. Now, I'm going to see how you're doing teaching your people, okay? Is that all right? Name some miracles of Christ. Okay, water to wine. What else? Feeding of the 5,000. Raising Lazarus. Someone over here? Heal the blind. What's that? So why didn't he? So why didn't he in Luke chapter 5, church? Walk on water. Not in Luke 5. Okay? Number one, the people were there. Work with me, sir. You know? Work with me. Look at it. Look at it. I'm, you know, this is my, not my first rodeo. Uh, we'll, we'll get on the horse. We'll get down the road. We'll see the sunset, swollen bellies, grass skirt. Oh, hold on, hold on. We got the answer. I got to work with this guy. I'll get to you after service. Go ahead, sir. He did cast out demons. But let's work on walking on the water. So why didn't he in Luke 5? What was the purpose? They were here, there to what? Hear the word of God and see the Son of God. Everybody's thronging him on the shore. They can't see him. So why doesn't Jesus just back up? Right? Could he only do it once? He only got one card in the deck? One time. You can walk on water. Use it wisely, Jesus. I'm running out of power. So why doesn't Jesus just do this so they can hear and see him better? Because that would be a great miracle, and it was when he did it, didn't it? Wasn't that a great miracle? So why didn't he do it here? Didn't he want them to get saved? Did you ever think about, Pastor, when God is having a conversation with a lost man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? He tells him Peter's address gives him Peter's phone number. He tells him, send some men to go get Peter, and then Peter will witness to you, Cornelius. Why, why didn't God witness to Cornelius? Didn't he know the Romans road? Oh, that's right, it wasn't written yet. Uh, you have to go back to Psalms and Isaiah. Do you ever think about that? God tells, tells Cornelius everything he needs to know to find Peter to witness to him. God is having a conversation with Cornelius, and he doesn't witness to him. You know why Jesus didn't walk on water here? Because that's a good miracle, isn't it? But you know what a better miracle is? When he can use a human to get the work done. See, what we forget is God doesn't need us. God can do a much better job at Brockport than myself and my family. Amen? God could do a much better job here in Port Charlotte, couldn't he? Well, well, hey, Jesus, go to my neighbor and witness to him. He goes, I don't need to do that because I put you next to them. So you know what this is all about? This is God working on Peter. See, Peter was one of his miracles. We want the show. Give me the water walk. And God says, no, I don't need to perform a miracle when I've got one on the job. And that's Peter. So let's look and see how God continues to work in Peter's life. So number two, the challenge that compelled them. Look at verse three. Verse three. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him. So 2A is Christ's concession. He prayed him. He says to Peter, hey, I'd like to use your ship. Now think about that. Who did that ship, who did that boat belong to humanly? 
Peter. Who did that boat belong to divinely? God. So here's Jesus Christ asking Peter to borrow something that belonged to God. He said, I prayed you. Would you thrust out a little? Would you just thrust out a little here? And, and church, where was he when he asked Peter that question? Where was he? He was in the boat. So Jesus stands in the boat that really belongs to him and says, Peter, can, we, can, I, pray, can I ask you, Peter, can we use the boat? Isn't it interesting that Jesus Christ is in our vessel and he never violates our free will? but yet he invites us to get involved with his work. Why? He doesn't need to walk on water when we're there. We're the miracle to the world. Do you see that picture? Jesus is standing in Peter's vessel. Jesus is indwelling our vessel and says, Gary, are you willing to go? Jan, are you willing to go? Sunshine Baptist, are you willing to build? Are you willing to build? And he won't violate our free will. Imagine if Peter said, no. You know what Peter would have been saying? I don't want the people to hear the word of God. I don't want people to see the Son of God. You're not going to use my vessel. Hey, we could use a few people in the nursery. Ah! How about somebody, can we have a work day at the church? Maybe, ah! you know, work. I mean, that's right up there with some other words I was told not to say in grammar school. And yet, we're not willing to do those little things when God says, do I have your vessel? I'm not driving all the way over there to pick up somebody for church. That's not what my vessel is for. Oh, no? Oh, no? So notice that God does not violate Peter's free will. So he prays him. He asks him to use it. And you think about the tabernacle offering in the Old Testament. That phrase kept coming up. They had a willing heart, a willing heart, a willing heart. Because that's what God loves. What does he say? That God loves a cheerful giver, cheerful giver. Not only Christ's concession where he said, hey, Peter, I really do own this boat, but I'm going to concede ownership to you because I want you to give it back to God willingly. But look at Christ's investigation. He says to Peter, thrust out a little. Now, church, how far is a little? Remember, you can't use the word in the definition. How far is a little? What's that? As far as you're willing to go. That's probably the best answer we've had. As far as you're willing to go. How, how far is a little? You know what Christ is doing? He's investigating whether Peter understands the ramifications of the moment. He wants to see if Peter understands what God is doing in the kingdom right at that moment. So what are they there for? They're there to hear the word of God, see the Son of God. So here's Peter. He's thrust out a little. I just washed the boat. I got the, uh, okay. See, it wasn't a command to see if Peter had the ability to thrust out a little. It was a command to see if Peter would go far enough for the people to hear the Son of God and see the Son of God. You know, it says in the, uh, one of the minor prophets, despise not the day of small things. And sometimes we think ministry is a big thing. We just big, grand, and glorious, and you know what? It's just the little things. It's God asking us over and over again, are you willing to do the little things? Can you thrust out a little? 
I am so glad the night I got saved, July 23rd, 1978, my sister, uh, Tina's mom, brought me in the bookstore of our church, bought me this book. Now, see, I only read Sports Illustrated and Mad Magazine, you know, <laughs> up to that point in my life. And then she hands me this book, and then tells me I got to read it every day. That was heart attack enough. I am so glad that God didn't say that night, oh, yeah, Gary, once you have a decent-paying job, I'm going to ask you to quit it and then become a missionary. Ah! You know, this guy is whacked. What is he thinking? I'm so glad God did. And you know what? God does in our lives, thrust out a little, thrust out a little, thrust out a little. And God just keeps moving us towards that greater goal of helping people see and hear Jesus Christ. So what little thing has God asked you to do? What part in his kingdom has he asked you to do that maybe we looked at and we said, you know, that's just too little. It's just, it's, it's kind of beneath me. I'm not doing toilets again. And yet it's all part of the kingdom work. Number three, the conquest that inspired him. The conquest. Now look at verse four. What does he say in verse four? Now when the, he had uh, left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. Now, I think of all parts of the country, this area ought to know something about fishing, correct? Do you ca Now, I know your docks are a little different than our docks in upstate New York, okay? Our docks are usually about the water's this deep, and all you do is catch panfish. So generally, do you catch the bigger stuff near shore or out farther? Generally, out farther, okay? I usually get mine at the Piggly Wiggly. Um, to me, that's far enough away. But notice how God continues to work in Peter's life where he asks him, to launch out a little, and now he says, or to thrust out a little, now he says, launch out in the deep. God does the same thing with us, just drawing us out, drawing us out into deep water. And you know what I found? No faith is required until we get out into deeper water. Now, for me, most swimming pools are not a threat. I am taller than the water is deep. But you get me out in the ocean, I'm getting a little nervous. If the fin doesn't come by, something else is going to eat me. I just know it. And so when I get out in deep water, I'm getting a little more nervous. I'm getting a little more concerned. I've got to exercise some more faith to get out deep. And sometimes we need to find ourselves challenged, thus a missions conference, challenged about our missions involvement. Are we just tipping God on the dock? Or do we really want to get out in the deep and see God do some great things? And then... What's the next thing he asks him to do in verse 4? He says, launch out in the deep and then let down your nets for a draft. All right, so Peter's got to launch out. He's got to row that thing out into the deep. And once he gets out there, God says, Jesus says, now let down your nets. Now, this is the sad thing. Look at verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, this is probably not the church for this point. I'm sorry, you know, but it's here. You know, so no one here has probably ever said to God, listen, I know better than you. I've witnessed to them before. I know they won't get saved. I've done this. I've done that. I've been involved with that, and nothing good came. And God says, let your nets down. But I've toiled all. Peter goes, nevertheless, I will let down the what? What does it say, church? Net. <laughs> what did Christ ask for? That's two or more. We don't know how many. How many did Peter let down? One. 
So not exactly exercising total faith, is he? He's not obeying, as Pastor said in the first service. It's just a matter of obedience. So he says, let down your nets. Peter lets down one. See, the conquest was this. Who knew best how to use Peter's resources? Peter thought his expertise and experience put him in a place to question Christ's requests. He was fixated on natural laws and not supernatural laws. No, I already fished here last night. All night! We didn't catch anything. He was fixated on natural laws. Notice, though, that when Peter controlled his possessions, they were unfruitful. When he controlled where the boat went, when he controlled the nets they dropped over, when he controlled the time of the evening that he went fishing, what did Peter bring in? Nothing. So, if we control our own resources and do not turn them over to God, like the boat, like the nets, our lives will be unfruitful. Let God direct your missions giving and not your budget. Make it word-driven. When Christ tells us to do something, we need to do it. Now, has the Lord asked you to let down a net? Has the Lord asked you to let down some nets? Did you tell him it wasn't the right location? Did you tell him it wasn't the right method? Did you say that it wasn't the right time? Or, as many, unfortunately, Christians say, I'm not the right person. I'm 57 years old. It is the stupidest thing in the world to put a guy my age on a college campus. I don't like wearing my pants down below my butt. I don't wear a lot of bling, okay? The hat doesn't go sideways. I want to shade my face. And I'm not walking yo-yo, yo-yo. I don't even like yo-yos. I'm sorry, I never got into yo-yos. So God, you made a mistake. What are you putting this fossil? I'm, I'm afraid to go near the science building. One of the paleontologists is going to grab me and put him in his display. Oh, look, here's a fossil, a living fossil right on campus. Now, is that stupid to put a guy 57 back on a college campus, not when God says, let your net down. Not when God says, let your net down. So in conclusion, in conclusion, number one, there will be lost opportunities. There will be lost opportunities when we hold back on God. Look at verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and what does it say? Their net breaks. We're excited about the people we've had a chance to minister to. But you know what breaks our heart? The ones that got through the net. You know? I'm sure that you are pleased, you know, that God has chosen to use you in the Port Charlotte area. But think about this. When we don't fully obey and fully trust him, some of them slip through the net and they don't get caught again. Number two, verse seven. Verse seven, notice it says, They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. Missionaries need partners to get the job done. And that's why we go around and tell people about our vision. Now the next one I want to kind of demonstrate to you. Look at verse 8. He says, And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. How did I do reading that verse? Did I miss something there? What did I change? Okay. Is every word of God pure? Absolutely. When God doesn't make sense, he makes perfect sense. Okay? When most people fell down at Jesus' personage to worship him, where did they fall down? 
at his feet. So when God changes it and says that he fell down at his knees, how come Peter couldn't get to his feet? The what? The boat was loaded with fish. So here's Jesus standing in the boat. The boat is so full of fish, Peter cannot get down to worship him and grab his feet, so he just wants to grab his knees. Now, work with me here, all right? Buddy, you listening closely? Okay. Okay, just, I want, I want right here. Let's start right here. Start right here so I don't have to come back to him. All right, just start right here. You know why he can't get to his feet? Because he's laying on the fish, holding his knees. Are these already frozen and packaged in four-pound fillets? <laughs> these fish are what? No, 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 they're just unhappy. These are not happy fish. Why? They're not in the water. And they're fighting back. So here's Peter trying to get to Jesus' feet, can only get to his knees. He's laying on all these fish, and they're giving him the, the Old Spice commercial routine. Now, ladies, ladies, your husband comes home from fishing, and he is just slime, fish slime, top to bottom. And you're going, you're washing them yourselves. Peter didn't care about the flesh or the fish when he had an opportunity to get a hold of Christ and worship him. Remember the first time God asked you to do something big? And you're like, I'm going to die. You're here today to tell us that you lived. Remember the second time God asked you to do something big? And the third and the fourth. Didn't it seem monumental at the time when God laid a number, God laid a ministry, God laid a person on your heart. We sang that song, Give Me Someone Today. So God lays them on your heart, and you're going, oh, I can't do that. And you do it, and you're alive, and good things happen. Peter spent his whole life trying to catch fish. He's got a whole boat of fish, and he doesn't care. Because the sacrifice of the fish and his flesh meant nothing because he got a hold of Christ. And then you see later on, what did Jesus say to Peter? Thou shalt become fishers of men. So he got a new purpose in life. And then all the disciples, the next verse, it says they all got a new perspective. That boat, those nets, everything that they sunk their whole life into. What does it say in verse 11? They left all and followed Jesus. Does that make any sense? Absolutely not. Just let your nets down and let God take care of the rest. Our last verse here then, Pastor. Launch out, let go, and enjoy the ride. Psalms 107, 23, and 24. They that go down where? To the sea and ships. That do business where? In great waters. These see the works of the Lord, and what? His wonders in the deep. Your land's out here, isn't it? Sorry, I've been pointing the wrong way. You know what that is for Sunshine Baptist Church? There's your deep. I know it's pretty flat right now. Just work with it, okay? You with me? Still tracking, buddy? Okay. <laughs> there is your deep, sunshine. When God gives you a net to let down, just let it down. Go out deep. What does it say? See the wonders. See the works of God out in the deep. Pastor. 